Do it. Do it. Welcome to the Austin Otaku Podcast, hosted by Jesse McDonald and Keith Good. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Austin Otaku Podcast. My name is Jesse McDonald, and today I am joined by the effervescent Keith Good. Yeah, I'm, I'm a lot like those uh, antacid tablets you put in water. I'm effervescent. <laughs> this new bit isn't going to work. Oh, it's totally going to work. Whatever. This is good. How are you doing, Keith? Splendid. I'm splendid. Today is is, uh, is good because it's Friday, and Fridays are always good because they then lead into Saturday. How about yourself? How are you doing? I'm good. I'm very good. I've been playing uh, playing a little bit more music lately, so I think my life feels a little bit more artistically enriched. So oh, that's I'm excited. awesome. Yeah. I've actually pondered, yeah, and I've been pondering this for, I don't know, going on five years now, picking back up the guitar and playing. And I'll I'll pick it up and I'll play it for a little bit and I'll go, oh, I still suck at this. And then I'll stop. Uh, but really, you got to you got to just keep going at it. Right. You should pick it up, man. We can we can do some like WebEx Zoom jams one day after work. There it is. No delay at all whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be great. <laughs> <laughs> So very excited for today's guest. Today we have on the show, Melissa Fosh. She's the U.S. editor uh, for the SEM Rush blog and the president of SEO Aware. She was formerly the community manager for PubCon and has garnered the nickname Mama Fosh. <laughs> I call her that so often. I think it pisses her off. It's so good. <laughs> and she has often been giving out electrolytes and survival advice to attendees for speakers. Formerly a volunteer of the Big Cat Habitat and Gulf Coast Sanctuary, one could rightly say that she is a tiger mom. Welcome to the show, Melissa. Thank you. And, and let me clarify and say that that is not Big Cat Rescue in Tampa, the one that is in the Tiger King. It's a different, the original one before you're asked 100 questions. Okay. Because <laughs> I get that a lot. So, so you were in no way affiliated directly with that bitch, Carol Baskin. No, not at all. <laughs> so to clarify, it's Big Cat Habitat and Gulf Coast Sanctuary. Yes, they and they were there first, and then she came to Tampa and then just turned it into Big Cat Rescue. Big Cat mm. Rescue, not a sponsor yet. <laughs> oh, jeez. We, we don't want you to get eaten by a tiger, Jesse. No, I would turn that down very quickly. <laughs> yeah, would, would we Would we take that money? We're not that desperate. No, no, never. We'll we'll keep funding this with our uh, our salaries uh, for the time being, and then yeah. worry about that. I'm not too terribly worried about getting that bitch uh, sponsoring the show. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this podcast brought to you by Summer Hours at Work. <laughs> uh, I hope our boss isn't listening. Yeah, totally joking. Please listen. Please That'd listen. Great. <laughs> Love us. Love us. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we won't get into uh, too much into the big big cat stuff, but I know you and I have had some conversations the past week or so um, on online, and so it's 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 really awesome. Uh, we chat mostly you and I at these conferences, um, and we we haven't had a lot of time to sort of text back and forth, and I am back and forth, uh, except for leading up into this this. Um, particular podcast. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, you know, professionally, personally, and what would you like people to know about you? Uh, I don't know. Well, I've been in the what SEO and marketing industry for 15 years. 
Uh, I... I think I've done okay career-wise. I don't know. You guys tell me. I think I'm okay. I think you've done well. <laughs> You're doing fabulous. Okay. Uh, I have been married for 29 years. Uh, and dated him three years before that. So I'm one of those freakish people that met someone at 14 and then married him. Uh, I relate heavily with that. Yes, you do. Uh, <laughs> I, um, I have a, a Star Wars addiction problem. Um, <laughs> as most people do, it was a huge part of my childhood. Um, I'm the mom of two boys, same dad, one's 28, one's 17. Just we're clarifying. Everyone always just asks me, is it the same dad? I'm like, yes. <laughs> what a bizarre, <laughs> random question to ask somebody. They ask it every time because of the big gap. Weird. But yeah, other than that, I mean, I don't, I think I'm a fairly nice and easy person to get along with. I don't, um, I'm not one of the dressy ladies and I have like my Hulk shirts and stuff are my favorite to wear out, which has made me a little bit of an outcast throughout my life. But Hey, you're in with us. You're in with us. We respect the comic book references. I always love watching you present at, at um, the conferences because I know yours is going to include something that I personally consider cool as the design element. And um, maybe cool. maybe normies don't like it, but normies, they're just normal. Yeah, I just just you can't have a boring presentation, you know, nope. and, and this is something that I should probably mention. I have a, a bachelor's in psych and a master's in mental health. And one thing that they taught us was that it, if you want something to sit in long-term memory, you need to associate it, if you're teaching, with an image that is memorable mm-hmm. to the person in the audience. So if you go back through my decks, the important stuff often has Deadpool or Captain America or something on it. Is can, You know, see? I have, I have psychology in that, Keith. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Just about no, it's, being nerdy. It, it's right? true. Humans, for the most part, think in images. If you if you say the word horse to someone, no one spells out H-O-R-S-E in their head. They see yeah, an image see. of a horse in their head. Yep. So, yeah, yeah it definitely works. I, I took my share of psychology and studied quite a bit after, after college, in fact. I got really fascinated with the human mind um, back in my 20s because mine was pretty messed up then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah weren't we yeah. all mm. i got into the big stuff about what part of the brain attaches to what you know so. you did go down the rabbit hole oh, wow the amygdala yeah, yeah. <laughs> everything so and then i went into marketing but you use a lot of psychology and marketing so i was good nice yeah i bet i bet you and roger dooley have a lot to talk about then because he's a big psychology guy we actually don't chat a lot. We oh. chat on Facebook about stupid stuff. We don't really talk about psych, but we could. We could. <laughs> we could. There's the connecting point. We always, yeah. we're always looking for those connecting points on the Venn diagram. Always. Right. Yeah. So cool. <laughs> yeah. I mean, obviously, you're a Star Wars person. Are you mm-hmm. um, a huge fan of the sequels? Or are you more of a fan of what could have been from the inter, uh, the expanded universe, what Disney is now calling Legends? Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right, everyone. <laughs> grab your popcorn. Get a beer. Well, grab no. the popcorn. <laughs> um, as I told you, Keith, I've I, I the last time I counted the books was 135, but I know it's beyond that, right? Um, Disney came along uh, and killed 
the whole feeling of something that I loved. I, I saw that tweet you and I saw today. Someone said something about well, the Mandalorian was good. No, no, no. You don't take away years of destruction for one thing, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that I had an interesting childhood and believe it or not, I learned a ton from Star Wars as a kid. Good and evil, the, the seduction of not falling into things and it just clicked, right? Mm -hmm. um, I know a lot of people don't like one through three of the movies. I really enjoyed them. If you watch them one through six, it's a logical progression and makes total sense. If you can just get out of your head and not nitpick, right? Mm -hmm. They're fantastic. So, um, but I read all the books. I fell in love with all the characters. I, it, it was, it just was perf perfection for me, right? And so when Disney comes along and uh, those first few movies just didn't feel like George Lucas at all. Um, everyone says they love Rogue One and I, I get why they do from the Ray perspective. But to me, it was they did not give Ray her own unique movie. It almost seemed like a repeat of Luke. Right. Right. So if you're going to give a woman a strong role, don't give her the exact same stuff the last dude did. Give her something. Make her stand out you know what i mean oh yeah absolutely and and you talked specifically about Jaina solo who is the daughter of well she's the twin daughter uh yes. of of uh, han solo and, and leia organa right um or leia skywalker however you want to refer to her uh <laughs> based on her lineage organa skywalker? Yeah. Or leia organa skywalker <laughs> she was the progressive hyphenated before right. it was cool before it was cool, she was hyphenated. Yeah, so Jaina is is sort of the perfect example of a strong female lead that charts her own course. She right. she is uh, she's born into a very reputable family, obviously uh, heroes of of the rebellion. Uh, she is the daughter of a of Jedi. Well, a, a Jedi uh, and the the niece of a Jedi. Mm -hmm. uh, but then she goes off and she charts somewhat of her own course. Uh, what do you think? that Jaina did that probably Ray should have done. I don't think they gave Ray enough time to develop. Here she was, this person, and all of a sudden she has Jedi powers and she knows how to use them. Anybody who read the books knows that's just not quite how it works. That for mm -hmm. one upset me. The whole the whole movie was ruined for me at that point. Um as far as Jaina, she's a strong woman that I think any little girl could you learn from because Despite everything she had on her, I mean, you're talking Jedi royalty, basically, right? Mm -hmm. She went to go be a pilot. She stood up for herself. She did her own thing. Um, she was also a Jedi, but she was her own person. And she had, like, horrible things to face and challenges to, to beat. And the fact that she went and trained on Mandalore was, like, the coolest thing ever to me right i mean she's an out-of-the-box thinker to get things done um intelligent beautiful strong i mean she to me is the epitome of what star wars should represent for little girls they recreated ray i don't i'm not saying ray is not a good rep you know representation she is and i've sat in movies with little girls and watched them dressed up as her and i think it's great i just don't understand why they recreated the wheel yeah. And I, I feel like they almost they had an opportunity with Ray. And perhaps I understand why Disney wanted to go a different route than than the Legends. I 
they want to chart their own course. They want to be able to pay writers to to write original content rather than relying on what's already been written. I, I sort of get that. But then I feel like Ray had this opportunity to be a strong, independent uh, female character. And then she gets tied up in this ridiculous romance. Right? Right. Like, like that, that seems really forced onto the story, quite, quite frankly. It, it feels like... Where did that come from suddenly? You know, you can have a connection with someone and not want to make out with them, uh, by the way. <laughs> I I feel greatly connected with you, Melissa, but I don't want to make out with you. I don't want to no make offense. out with you either, man. See, well, I yeah, want to make out right. with you, Keith. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think, you see, in the, in the original, or not in the original, but in their movies with Ray and Kylo, I was trying to see was she being seducted or so not not seduced by the dark side of him did she feel it and want to engage in it is but then you find out no it's a romance thing which doesn't make sense to me at all and you're right i just don't think that if you wanted to have this woman who was strong and independent and going to do her own thing. Was that necessary? Was it a right. part? Do you have to add romance? I mean, in Disney movies, you have two things. A parent always has to die and somebody <laughs> has to fall in love. Yeah. It's true. not a healthy dynamic for children to see over and over and over and over and over. It's just my opinion. Right. So, I, I do agree with that. As someone who didn't read the books, there are elements of the new trilogy where I'm like, okay, not necessary. And the end of rise of Skywalker, where there's, you know, the kiss and this, the lead up to there being some sort of romantic intention behind Kylo and, and Ray was very bizarre to me, but I will say, and if you haven't seen rise of Skywalker, disregard everything that you're about to hear, because these, <laughs> these are definitely spoilers, spoilers but as someone who has grown up with star Wars and basically has been watching them since I was three years old. They've been one of the main connections that I've had with my mother my entire life. There were some points throughout that movie that really hit me emotionally yes. uh, in a positive way, like Chewie finally getting the medal. I was a grown ass man crying in a movie theater when they hand Chewie the fucking medal. Like, oh, my God, they finally did it. The the big guy finally <laughs> got what he deserved. Finally. See, and, and I get I mean, I I was in the movie. They had a lot of things in it. And Keith, you saw it. They had a lot of things from the books that if you mm -hmm. read the books, you would know that other people wouldn't. Yeah. What Keith and I have talked about, we have already seen Chewie die and grieved for mm -hmm. him. We've oh, already sure. we've already seen him be respected in the universe and people know who he is and see what a strong they don't the movies do not show everything that Chewie is or has mm -hmm. done. So while it was nice, I, I think the this last movie did a good job of trying to recapture some of the original stuff that we all loved. Um I enjoyed it the most of all of the Disney movies so far. Mm -hmm. I questioned some of the directions that they went, but I I actually enjoyed it and I watched it again. I can't say that for the other ones. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it was it was pretty good. So we'll see if they're going to move forward with the Skywalker thing. Great. Uh, that, that's the other thing, Keith. I don't know if you noticed that um, I love Mark Hamill. 100 percent respect to Mark Hamill. But mm -hmm. he was saying on social and stuff, there was a bunch of crap that he was sitting and hiding somewhere. 
you know, and being a hermit. But he did. He did in the books. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, he, he did. He went off. He, he was trying to in the books. He was really, really trying to understand both sides of the force. Right. Um, and, and there was a uh, there was a, a timeline, not a timeline, but there was there was a plot line in which he, he goes off and he, he he gets into this idea that one could embrace both. One could embrace both the dark and the light side, and he there's a period of time in which Luke is a gray Jedi, um, which is a term that the expanded universe came up with, and Disney has been very slow to adopt, uh, quite frankly, but they've, they've sort of gotten there with Ahsoka after she left the Jedi Order. Um, but yeah, it, it, it was a really, he, he does a tremendous amount of self-exploration already, in the expanded universe. And I'll also say this, that kiss between Kylo Ren and uh, Ray, I think what they were trying to accomplish was they wanted to get the connection that Jason and Jaina had. Um, but they were brothers in, 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 in the books. I, well, that's what I mean. They, they wanted there to be a, <laughs> they, they wanted them, there to be an emotional connection that would sort of legitimize this angry fighting back and forth. I just think the expanded universe version pulled it off a lot better because you know, here's, here's Jaina fighting Darth Cadus. Uh, oh, spoiler alert, by the way. And, uh, and it's her brother and she's, she's rightfully pissed off at him for a number of things. And she's fighting in a way that Ray was fighting Kylo at the end. Uh, yeah. Well, throughout the entirety of the third uh, sequel. And um, that emotional connection had to be forced on Kylo and Ray, whereas it, Really, it made sense with uh, Jason and uh, and Jaina. So yeah, that's my was, thought on it. Yeah, it was hard. That's another re reason that Luke left was because Jason turned evil. But I, it was hard for me, and I recommend to everybody Legacy of the Force. There's the whole Yuzong Vong War series, which Oof. is a preemptive large, it's like reading Game of Thrones type of thing. Um that gives you a little bit of background for Jason, Anakin, and, and Jaina Solo, which is great. But the legacy of the Force takes you – it makes Kylo look so bad. Mm -hmm, I mean, mm -hmm. it really does. Um, th that's the best series, so if you get a chance, I'd read it. But it was a heartbreaking thing to have known Jason for so many books, see him turn into something evil, see his family try to deal with the aftermath of that and, and losing their child, not to death but to evil. Mm -hmm. And then brother and sister fighting to the death, you know, like it's, it was a great series. So it really was. And that Yuzong Vong war uh, series was, oh, that was tough. That was tough. And it really, it, it, that was one of the things I actually liked about that series was that it brought you to certain levels of despair yes. where you kind of really lost hope that anything good could come out of it. And then of course, you know, um, it's not that things turn around miraculously, but no. something happens. Um, and, uh, I, again, I'm not going to spoil it, but really good series. I highly recommend anybody on, on listening to this podcast, pick up the legends, go through, start picking up the legends. I personally would start with heir to the empire, but, uh, what would you recommend, uh, starting with? I, from the beginning, I've read them all. I, I will say this though, for people, depending on the Yuzong Vong leans a little, would you say Keith towards horror? Uh, pretty much because they're terrible. They're horrible. Yeah. <laughs> and they I do mean, horrible things. <laughs> right. It's not a uh, happy Star Wars book. It's, no. I mean, no, these are evil, disgusting things. And and you're talking, Keith nailed it with the word despair. 
There are mm-hmm. so many books and you're like, holy crap, how much worse can it get? <laughs> but, <laughs> um, yeah. and then people you love die in it. And yeah. so I, I don't know. I think there's something to learn from all of the books. Um, and, uh, but if you just need to get lost in the pandemic on the weekends, you could start with Yu Zong and go into the mm-hmm. legacy of the force and then go back. But I got, you know, in the, in the old books, Keith, they had like a table of contents where you could go through every book ever written. Yep. Mm-hmm. I just went down the list and read them from the start. Well, 135 plus books, I would say, yeah, you did. You probably <laughs> read more than I did to, to be frank. Cause I, there were some that I just really, I started reading and I'd kind of lost interest in them. I, I feel like that whole Han Solo, Chewie partnership series that they had, it was a little, it was a little, little yeah, it's a little juvenile too, in some cases. Um, but I really, okay. that brings up a point. Okay. Finish, but I have an idea. Yeah, yeah, no, but I, that's one of the reasons I really, really liked what I read in Heir to the Empire, um, because this really helped sort of give you an idea of the aftermath after the destruction of the Death Star 2 over Endor. Yep. Uh, but speaking of Death Star, oh, it, you, the Yuuzhan Vong uh, wars give you a, a sense of really what they were for. The Death Stars yes. were created for a reason, not, and it, and it really wasn't to stifle the rebellion. Little known fact. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jesse, you're gonna have to get reading, man. You gotta oh, get yeah. reading, man. Uh, I I need the kiddo to start taking care of herself so I can get on this shit. Come on, she's <laughs> how old is she now? Horses are up running around by now. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Four months. She's kind of lagging behind with this not walking, not talking, doesn't have a job thing. Babies are the worst humans. <laughs> <laughs> Mine's cool. So, <laughs> me and my buddy Kenny and and. Keith, you know Kenny. I'm talking about mm-hmm. Kenny Madison. He's big in the improv community here in Austin. We worked together for several years. Uh, when when Solo was announced, we had an idea, and I'm I might dislike Solo because my idea is so awesome. Um, <laughs> my God, I wanted that movie to be like a Lethal Weapon version of Star Wars with Han and Chewie just bumming around space, being almost like a buddy cop movie. That would have been the absolute greatest. Uh, but no, now yeah, I know where the dice came from. <laughs> At least there's that. And oh, Darth Maul's in it. Ooh. It was so, a disappointment. That, that was that was my uh, my hot take idea that I wanted to mention. So, yeah, if that movie ever gets made, it's because someone heard it and stole it from uh, myself uh. and Kenny Madison. But yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, Kenny's a creative guy. Oh, uh, 100%. Kenny's a creative guy. Well, uh, we have reached the 20 minute mark. And uh, for those who are aware of what this podcast is and what our current format is, Keith, that means we're at the tell me something good section. Oh, tell me something good. good. Yeah, we're going to rename it. It's been tell me something good. But I mean, my last name is good. So why not? Why Why not not? work a pun in when you can? I like it. We're going to have to rework (laughs) the song now, though. Yeah. Well, this segment is really our opportunity, the three of us that are on this show, to give our recommendation to listeners of things that they should be adding to their lives. It can be anything. Generally, I keep it nerdy. Jesse tends to keep it. Uh, well, you've been DIY the past few times, actually. So um, yeah. I would say uh, it's it's fairly across the board. So let's take a few minutes each and talk about a recommendation. So we'll start with Melissa. What is your recommendation for the week? Okay. What do you guys know about Ruggable? Oh, the uh, that's where you have the little 
sort of mat that then you put the rug on top and then you can take and you can wash in a washing machine. You can Is wash it? it. Right. So they just released a whole line of Star Wars rugs. I and saw they are that. Awesome. So Jesse, you can put the baby on it. If she pukes on it, you can just take the top part of the rug off, wash it, and not have a messed up Star Wars rug. I'm in. Rug I'm hundred percent in. They are yeah. So <laughs> Ruggable. My I was I'm been trying to choose between three rugs today. I I saw I saw the you know what I'm looking at the one I'm looking at is the Tie Fighter Houndstooth, that's the one that I'm looking at. Uh, ah, I was looking at the um the dark side Damask blue rug. Ooh, yeah. Uh, I just I don't know. I finally got a grown up house and decorated it. In it. Mm-hmm. Where am I going to put all these rugs? But I got to have one. Well, you do have a family, and you probably have to keep things slightly elegant. Whereas I live in a house by myself, so I'm going to <laughs> Star Wars the hell, uh, you know, this place the hell up. So, you know, that's that's just how it is. But yeah, Ruggable, not a sponsor. Ruggable. Yeah, not yet. a sponsor, but should be. <laughs> we can all take pictures of our Ruggables and and use them in the advertisement. So I like yeah. it. Awesome. Also, read Legacy of the Force. Just <laughs> <laughs> two she recommendations. She got in two. She did. Sorry. <laughs> what about you, Jesse? Have you got us a nerdy recommendation for this week, or are you going to give us another DIY? I do. Um, so when when I started my job at IBM last year, uh, that included a commute up to North Austin, uh, which included a train ride. Um, and on that train ride, I decided to spend my time doing some more reading. So. Uh, as someone who grew up in uh, Mississippi and got a public education from Mississippi, I'm not a big reader. Um, but as I'm getting older, I find that I, I really enjoy it. So the first couple of books that I decided to to kind of take the journey on on my train ride every day were The Martian and Artemis by Andy Weir. So I highly recommend them. Uh, incredibly good books and surprisingly easy to take in even though they are so scientific um and people at nasa have even said that the martian includes some science that it's shocking he got right uh so that that's definitely mine i i find his writing amazing and i believe he has a new book coming out soon so i'm really looking forward to picking that up nice yeah i i I think i mentioned to you i read artemis back in january or february i finished that up and um yeah I, i i was a big fan I, I did find that The Martian uh, was super, super technical, but very readable at the same time. Mm-hmm. Whereas Artemis, you had the science there and he wasn't he, he he didn't really kind of fudge on the science at all. But he kept it casual because the, the main character is not an intellectual. She's not a she herself is not a scientist. She's a bit of a criminal, to, to be fair. So, yeah, um, to be fair, to be fair. And you know what, Jesse? My son had to read The Martian last year as part of his critical thinking class. Yeah. And they debated Ooh. all the points in the book. On, is, That's awesome. Does this awesome. make sense? Is this logical? Could this work? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's really cool. I wish they would have made me read The Martian in, in high school. If it was around, but it yeah. wasn't. Fair. That's fair. <laughs> so what about you, Keith? What are, what are you throwing at us this week? Well, see, uh, so far I've done an anime. I've done uh, a graphic uh, comic book. Uh, this week I'll do a novel. And it's actually a novel that I reread about once every three to five years because it's just really a 
terrific novel. Dianetics. Um, <laughs> Dianetics. Yes, of course. <laughs> By the way, after this uh, after this call, let's do a let's do a, a session. The two of us. Well, I'll, I got my little gizmo. I'll I'll zap. Oh, great! I can't wait to be gizmo zapped. <laughs> Uh, No, my recommendation this week is the novelization of the life of Musashi Miyamoto, who was um, was the greatest swordsman in Japanese history. Uh, The book itself is called Musashi. It is written by Eiji Yoshikawa. Uh, and it is truly a fictionalization of this man's life. There are people that are in the book that probably didn't exist at the same time, but they're still famous in Japanese history. It's 970 to 1,000 pages, um, this book. So it's it's a bit beefy, uh, but it is really engaging once you get into it. Uh, so I highly recommend uh, Musashi by Eiji Yoshikawa. That's awesome. That's been on my list for a while. I actually, I picked up. Uh, the five rings the other day, which is by the actual Musashi, the actual Musashi. Yeah. Very creative uh, human being. He developed the two sword school of swordsmanship. So he, he basically, um, I think a lot of uh, samurai at the time were, they would use either their long sword uh, or they would use their short sword. Um, so short sword would be for sort of like close, close end types of combat, long sword for, a little bit further distance. Uh, he he developed a system where you use both. And then he ended up like slicing up 80 men in a single day, I think, <laughs> one time. So at least that's what the fictionalization says. But yeah, it's, it's, it's totally true. If it's been printed, it had to have happened. If it's written, it must be true. Mm-hmm. It's how the internet works, at least. I don't know yes. about novels. Yeah. Well, okay. So awesome. that's our segment for the week. That is Tell Me Something Good. Good picks, gang. So uh, we talked a little bit about comic books, and I know comics are a huge part of mine and Keith's life, and it's pretty evident through your presentations that they're they're huge for yours. Uh, what what do comics mean to you? Are you a are you a DC or are you a Marvel kind of person? Well, I'm an old lady, so let me say this. I'll just say Keith. Um, in the '80s. Uh, you were not allowed as a girl to go to the boys section of the toy store. I got kicked out of it quite a few times. So they didn't, I wasn't allowed to be what I wanted. Right. So I didn't get to read comics growing up. I didn't get to do any of these things. So I just had to, like I told Keith, Superman, Christopher Reeve, that was my thing. Like I watched that all the time. Um, Such a good movie. Oh God. It was so good. I don't care. Some of the last ones were cheesy. I don't even care. Uh, all you but, need is one and two. Yeah. <laughs> but I, you know, the latest Wonder Woman film was utterly fantastic, in my opinion. I've never gotten teary eyed in. Well, okay. I cried when Optimus Prime died. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I, Me too. Everyone's I, made fun of my ass for that for 30 years. <laughs> no, but I mean, <laughs> um, I cried in the movie when I saw that. Uh, but. Marvel, I love, but I lean towards DC a little bit. I think the character development is better for me, especially like in the movies. Um, I haven't got to really enjoy the comics as well. I did when my kids, I was buying comics for my kids and got to read them. But as you know, my youngest has a crazy memory. So starting at the age of six, we started buying him the uh, encyclopedias for DC and Marvel. And every year they come out with a new one. I don't know why. (laughs) Uh, Because they're like 60 bucks a book. 
or more. Um, and he has every single character memorized. So anytime we watch anything, he's able to say, this is this person, this is that person. This is, and I was like, okay. Uh, so it's kind of between the kids, it's been kind of hard. It's DC and Marvel, but I movie wise, I lean a little DC and I don't get all the complaining. Like, <laughs> just enjoy the film for what it is. Except for I, I did complain about Star Wars, but DC, I just try <laughs> <laughs> just enjoy it. Okay, but yeah. you you had a lot more emotional investment in in the Star Wars uh, universe. It sounds like so it's 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 you know, and at least you're not one of those uh, fan persons who claims the Star Wars ruined your childhood. Um, you know, so <laughs> at least you're not at least you're not that. See, I don't know. The new Transformers movies really fucked with my childhood. Oh no. That's my world. Oh dear. So have you gotten your son the, um, oh, there's a book that came out last year, or maybe the year before called Anatomy of a Metahuman. And it basically takes all of the superheroes and it sort of breaks down what their internal anatomy would look like. It's kind of almost like a medical reference dictionary. No, but I'm going to now. Yeah. Yeah. So like what, what on earth would Superman look, look like on the inside? Cause certainly a scalpel wouldn't be able to cut him open to find out. Um, but you know, what, what would sort of be sort of, uh, how, for example, would Aquaman look on the inside if he's able to breathe un breathe underwater? So, <laughs> it's a it's a very interesting book. Um, we it we is just had this debate, Keith, the other day about the boys and Aquaman. Did you watch the boys on? Amazon? I did. So I the did. one guy there that can swim has gills, and Caden, mm -hmm. my son, was like, "Why does an Aquaman have gills?" And I'm like, "I don't know." He's like. <laughs> <laughs> so we had this huge debate. He should have them. I'm like, you're right. Uh, he, so yeah, he should absolutely. But um, though, I think didn't in the Aquaman movie, didn't he develop something behind his ear? I believe. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm misremembering uh, the Jason Momoa uh, sorry, Aquaman movie. Jason Momoa's face and chest. So. <laughs> 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 uh, I didn't look real closely behind the ear. But. I, I see. <laughs> it's an erogenous zone, though. It's an erogenous zone. It you got to keep that in mind. So I couldn't get past the dark hair. That's what the problem was. No, I'm just kidding. It was fine. Uh, interesting. <laughs> that that is really interesting. Yeah, I I, I sort of um, I I'm almost the opposite, but maybe I'm just easy to um, sway. I, I do enjoy the Marvel series only because um at least they're trying to stay semi true to um the comic books in in those cases the dc almost felt like they were trying a little too hard in in some cases but i you know certainly i i've watched them all uh e right. even the green lantern movie uh believe it or not <laughs> so Here's the thing, though. I, I look at them as, uh, look at them as pure entertainment. Uh, right. We're not we're not looking. You know, it's not like it's not like a, a Christian watching the um, oh, what is the Moses movie? The the twelve. Um, oh, wait, the, the the Ten Commandments. You know, like yeah. this is not something that represents a religion uh, right. for everyone. But it, it you know, some people to get into it that way. I guess I don't know. Did you yeah, get I mean, a chance to, uh, to? Did you get a chance to read the Metal series in DC? No. The dark, the dark universe where they've got the Batman who laughs. Oh, if no. I can, I'm, I'm going to break protocol here and I'm going to make one more recommendation to you. <laughs> I want to recommend the metal series um, for you because it's, it's a culmination of a bunch of different universes where Batman goes bad um, and everybody, all the heroes kind of go bad and they're all sort of 
gaining control of different universes as a result. It's a it's a very dark. If you if you enjoy Yuuzhan Vong, you'll love metal. Okay. <laughs> is is that the newer post New 52 series going on where it almost looks like a Judge Dredd Batman? There with the Joker's is Joker's face. There is yeah, so he's well, it's not really Judge Dredd. It, it's actually it looks more more like a a BDSM type of <laughs> mask <laughs> that he's wearing. It looks like a bondage mask he's wearing. Uh but yeah, I uh it, it's definitely he's got the Joker's face in that case. It's See my oh. my son is the one that is like that with Marvel and DC. This doesn't match up. This doesn't match up. This sucks. This is stupid. I don't like the movie. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> See the Marvel movies, Keith's right. They do they are closer to the comics, especially if you read the Ultimates series. Mm -hmm. uh, the first Avengers is basically the first arc of the Ultimates. Yeah, um, I guess I guess what I would like with Marvel movie wise is to get us in a different realm of someone's always coming to Earth to destroy stuff. We all get together. We stop them. I've seen it like yeah. nine times. Like, let's mm -hmm. go go find another series and do something new. Mm -hmm. I think that's why Guardians of the Galaxy was so exciting when the first one came out, because it was different and it almost felt Star Wars-esque. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. For me, at least. Yeah. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed Guardians of the Galaxy. One. Two. Yeah. Uh, okay. It was yeah. okay. It didn't ruin my childhood. Yeah. I liked the first one. The second one was okay. Everyone hates me when I say I don't. I didn't like Ragnarok. Ragnarok is all right. I did not like it. I was... <laughs> disappointed it was kind of like iron man 3 to me mm, fair mm. see okay. i i went back and rewatched ragnarok after i read neil gaiman's norse mythology so i kind okay. of understood norse mythology a little bit better and it's kind of clever what they did with it um because they do bring in some of that stuff and obviously that's right. the basis of thor but the, the way they handled some of the actual norse mythology elements were, was kind of fun and taika waititi's just amazing anyway yeah I, i'm a big fan i really enjoy what taika watiti does i actually watched the jojo rabbit uh, movie this oh, past weekend jojo rabbit's and, so good and it, it's just amazing this i i feel like taika watiti just sort of popped out of nowhere right mm -hmm. and now he's just everywhere and he's amazing at the same time so he, yeah. he and the episodes that he directed of the mandalorian were really really good oh yeah, yeah. so there you go. I'm going to cheat too. Go watch what we do in the shadows. <laughs> oh, that's right. I that's Taika Waititi. I almost forgot that. So there you Great go. We, bro we broke protocol. There's my other recommendation. Well, the, here to be fair. To be fair. Watch Letter Kitty. Watch Letter Kitty. We we are on episode what four <laughs> of the show five. Uh, so oh we god, can, yeah. We we don't really we're not old enough to have a protocol yet. That's fair. We we break the rules. We're the bad boys of SEO. Bad boys, bad I boys. Don't see that, but okay. <laughs> You're the level-headed people of SEO, in my opinion. But. Sure. Oh, <laughs> I appreciate that. I'm glad I faked you into believing that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is lovely. Ah, so you're also a huge Game of Thrones and Sons of Anarchy fan. Yes. Well, two. Uh, Sons of Anarchy I've watched in a row 11 times. What? Uh, I thought me watching it three times was crazy. Wow. Oh, no. You, you find the connections. You realize how brilliant Kurt Sutter was. Mm -hmm. 
I think after point like the sixth time I watched it in a row, because I just would leave it on, I'd see more and more connections where he had plans like yep. some episode in five would be connected to season one and this point and that point. And, and I mean, so, yeah, I love that. And Game of Thrones, I read the book. Well, here's what happened. Game of Thrones came out the show. I watched one episode and found out there were books. I read all 7,000 pages of, well, I read the first four before season one was over. And then the book five came out right that summer. And I read that. So. Wow. Uh-huh. You were a voracious reader. I read. A, it's sad how fast <laughs> I read. <laughs> no, that's, that's quite admirable. Now, if you I'm read jealous. book four, did anybody read book four of Game of Thrones? I haven't read any of them it yet. It is a punishment and a challenge if you can get through it. <laughs> and it's only 700 pages. His editors decided he needed to hurry and get a book out, and they edited the book. And it oh, was no. Not, it was not, but I got through it. Um, so, yeah, I love Game of Thrones. It is one of those things where when you read the books and you look at the show, there's that, eh. This, this, that. <laughs> but um, other than that, Sons of Anarchy is huge. It's the same line of Star Wars to me, you know? Wow. And that, what I mean by that is, here's this guy. He started off with good intentions. He thought he was going to be better. Gets kind of seduced by the dark side and ends up being something he never planned on being. They definitely, they pulled the godfather on him. He's the Michael Corleone. Jackson's up being the, I tried to get out, but they pulled me back in. I don't think Over so. and over. That's I what it felt like. he chose to go back in. That's I think he means. could have gotten out, but. He have you have. watched that show, Keith? I have not. Uh, my brother is a biker, so I just watch his life. And there's something <laughs> anarchy for you. I have a yeah. feeling this show is a little bit more uh, entertaining. You should check it out. It's you really should. good. I've watched it three times as well. I, it 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 hits and it's it's very well thought out. Like Melissa said, I I really enjoy you, it. You think season one is more of a? You can tell they were trying to earn their place to get mm -hmm. season two, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. then then the huge emotional hits come after yep. that. And uh, I mean, I it is one of the few shows besides Breaking Bad where we have flown off the couch in the middle of episodes in shock and horror. Uh, <laughs> and, um, and it is emotional. If you can watch that entire series and not cry once, I'd wonder what's wrong with you. Oh, true now. Okay. Without giving away too much, cause I, I want to get your feelings on this season three, the, the, the gang goes to Belfast. What are, what are your feelings on that? I know it's one of your favorites. <laughs> I like, I love everything Ireland I do, and I think it was fine. Uh, it w didn't add a lot to the story for me, necessarily. It, w it was necessary for history, but that was, it was a, I cool, agree. a cool little thing. But, I, I'm, but yeah. I like it so much just because I identify with Opie so much. Opie reminds right. me of one of my best friends in this world, and Opie gets his moment at the end of that season. And yeah. that last episode is one of the best episodes of television I've ever seen. I've never yeah. stood up and cheered for somebody to get what they wanted so hard. Right. Oh, now I will say that end of that season, you're right. I'm just talking about the Belfast itself. The I Belfast actually, was kind of dull, but that that brought it all together. Together. Hmm. I actually took my Opie shirt off and put on Baby Yoda for you guys for this. So <laughs> I had Opie on before. Uh, wow. So yeah. Uh, 
I've got a. My closet is a collection of Star Wars and um, Sons of Anarchy shirts. I don't know if you can <laughs> see it. It's somewhere up there. I have an Opie pop vinyl. Do you? Yeah. I have the uh, the entire so, uh, set on Blu-ray. It comes in like a little. Oh box. yeah. Like that looks like the table. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I've almost bought recommendation. That. Another good one. Watch that. Please. Okay, so uh, I, you know, I've I've always wondered what happened with Peggy and Bud Bundy. Uh, so um, this show oh, apparently. Let me tell you know. this: you will never look at her the same. <laughs> if you liked that show, this is a totally different role, and it it's crazy. Well, being married to Al will do that for you. You know, <laughs> she went from Al to Ron Perlman, and it just worked. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, I Perlman. So yeah, it's a good show. It's a really good show. I'm about to start it up now that we've talked about it. I'm going to start it up again. There goes the weekend. Yeah. Make Joy watch it. Yeah. So dear. Yeah. So what else were you going to ask me? Are we out of time already? No, we're good. I think. Let me look. Yeah. We've got like 10, 15 minutes. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I guess we could. Yeah. We got plenty of time to talk. I'd love to to talk to you a little bit more about your uh, your time with the big cats and that bit. (laughs) Carol Baskin. <laughs> okay. Because uh, you, you show a lot of fo- photos on your Facebook of you hanging out with some of the big cats, specifically the tigers, which are absolutely gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Um, really, really gorgeous. It looks like you developed somewhat of a, uh, an emotional connection uh, with Massive the animals. One. And- uh, a lot of people think I'm crazy when I say this. So you'll have it on uh, record. Um, <laughs> and I'm not a crazy person. So, This is literally what it's like. Once you've earned their trust, right, which takes a lot of time, individually, one-on-one, it's almost like they open up a different kind of ability to connect and they can almost communicate and talk with you through their eye contact alone. Now, as you guys know, I have four cats. I've had animals my whole life. There is nothing like the connection with them once you're approved once you've earned it, right? You can't earn it with every cat unless you're going to spend the time to do it, okay? So what happened was I went out to this place and and I didn't have a lot of visitors and I had the worst website I've ever seen and I wanted the (laughs) animals to have more. So I offered to build them a website for free. (laughs) And I went out there and I got to know them. I asked them tons of questions. I took pictures of all the cats and then she found out I had a master's in mental health and they'd had a liger brought in that had been locked in a box for four and a half months. And she's like, he's not responding to anybody. Why don't you just go talk to him? And I was like, what? <laughs> what do you mean go talk to him? She's like, just sit down and talk to him. Trust me. And I was like, okay. So I did every day for about a month. And then to tell you that I played peekaboo with a 1200 pound cat is not a lie. He he came out. We were buds. I mean, best buddies every time I came in. So I I got to, and then I started being like one of the people that was behind the fence and educating and answering questions and uh, got to know all the cats. And it was the best experience of my life. Now, Carol Baskin. Um, <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> Carol Baskin did not like the growth or the improvement of the habitat. She did a really good job of marketing online and having a website. And she'd create these videos that she put on YouTube that were everything about all cats in cages were mistreated. That was her thing. 
Hmm. She made a ton of money. She was making millions of dollars a year. And she made money off of fear and tearing people down. It was like the inquirer of people that took care of animals. Hmm. Now, the big cat habitat is different than Carol in that if fish and wildlife found, like, in Tampa, a particular medical professional had a tiger in their house for three years. Fish and wildlife found out, brought it to us. Wow. Right? Um, every cat that was there was somewhere it should not have been and needed a place to go. It's not, do they deserve to die because someone bought them and had them in their house? No. Someone has to take them, right? Well, she didn't like it when anybody else had cats. So she did just horrendous things. She would, I, they showed it in the Tiger King where people would show up and take pictures and she would show up at ours and, and we all knew I had a phone. I'd be like, they're here and they'd come remove them. Um, and they'd start shouting things at us when we were educating people on the plight of tigers and extinction and everything else. So at one point she took a picture of me and had it up on her website as someone who abused animals just hmm. because I was standing in front of them. Um, so we had a, another situation where I think 800 homes around the habitat got a letter that if a hurricane came, they, that our, the cages were not up to code and they would fall apart and all of the big cats would get out and eat their children. <laughs> That's so crazy. Oh and my so, gosh. So fish and wildlife showed up and had a fit, not at us, but were, were mad that she would dare do it. I mean, you couldn't prove it was her. Yeah. But the targeted attacks on TripAdvisor, on Google reviews, um, every way that was possible, phone calls, emails, all just hateful, 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 hateful. Wow. So, um, so yes. It, yeah. Funny, there's actually a timely uh, element to this because we've, I, I assume we've all seen Tiger King. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, according to TMZ, as of today, I believe. Uh, there is a Facebook group that is showing that they, they possibly have proof that she did kill Don Lewis, Ooh. including a receipt right before his death in or disappearance in 97. That includes a shit ton of fill dirt, shell, trash, topsoil Ooh. and equipment. So nice. I'm not one to fall into the TMZ game, but man, that bitch, Carol Baskin, let's do this. Uh, <laughs> let's do this. She sounds so terrible. Funny. She's like a negative here's, SEO, but for cats. Right. Here's the thing. <laughs> if, if this woman cares about cats so much, right, why would you just try and destroy another habitat that's taking care of them? Joe Exotic was a whole nother deal. Mm. Okay. But we were innocent. The other thing that would happen is I would have people come to me and pull out their phone and they'd say, why do your cats look so healthy? And I was at Big Cat Rescue yesterday and they're all skinny. Well, she sold. These are sick cats that no one took care of she would not feed them sufficiently she also put them in circle cages you know what happens to a, a big cat when they're in a cage it's a circle there's territorial the whole time no right? they they have to walk in straight lines it will oh. literally drive them crazy Interesting. That. so what it came down to is she didn't know the psychology of cats either Oof. right so our, i know at the time that i was there our meat bill alone was nine thousand a month just to mm. feed the big cats. Mine too. <laughs> so, um, we no trucks from uh, Walmart for you there. <laughs> we fed them well, and and the other thing that people might be shocked at is not all of them like the same thing. 
Some mm. like chicken, some like pot roast, but none of them like ground beef. I don't know if you noticed that in Tiger King. He was Mm-mm. they're not gonna eat ground beef. Are you kidding me? Like you have to know the cats, and then each cat has different medical situations. So you have to know which medications go into, you know, if they have a skin problem or something or a kidney issue. And and you, know. you can't just release these back into the wild either, right? You're you're no. pre- they're pretty much in captivity for the rest of their lives. Here's why. Technically, legally, no big cat has been allowed to be imported into the United States for about 45 years, mm. right? All of these cats have lived around humans and in cages for so long that they don't have the instinct to survive. They also don't have the muscle capacity to survive in the wild. Now, would it be nice if we had a place where we could let them all run free? Yes, but guess what? They fight and they kill each other. So you got to have different, you know? Wow. <laughs> and now we're trying to keep them going because they're so close to extinction as well. So it's so. almost an unwinnable situation uh, right. in, in many cases. You, you just have to give them the best place to live until their time comes. And hopefully Joe Exotic isn't around anywhere with a three fifty seven Magnum pistol. No kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so that show I, man <laughs> i'm not a big fan of his so, <laughs> so looking at it after that chunk of the discussion i believe we are at keith's favorite portion of the uh the show the lightning round the lightning round Yay. so this is a quick uh sort of three question uh, segment where we get you to answer questions that we ask every single guest on our show. And that way we can sort of get some commonality between everyone and everyone knows what to expect toward the end of the show. So are you ready for the lightning round? Sweet. All right, here we go. How do you think your hobbies have contributed to your success in your full-time work? I think they have allowed me to learn to be myself and be my own individual being and be proud of that instead of being what I was told to be, which has allowed me to be, oops, just knocked out my earphones, uh, that person, <laughs> that person at work. I mean, you guys saw me at PubCon for five mm-hmm. years. I was me. I didn't play into it or wear high heels or <laughs> mm-hmm. I was just me and I enjoy being me. And I think that's what I've learned from that. That's great. I think I know the answer to this one, but if you could be any uh, one fictional character, who would it be? I lean towards Gina big time. Mm. Uh, and I also uh, love Wonder Woman. Uh, but I also would like the ability to speedily get to my son when I needed to. Mm. <laughs> so maybe I'd need to fly. So su- Superman, but I can't be a man. But yeah, so I don't know. Combination of them. They're but. super girl. That's no. always a an insulting. Kara <laughs> no. Zorel is badass. Whatever she is, just the the idea. I think I think the 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 sexist title of Supergirl it, sort of dim, it diminishes her uh, maturity and her ability to sort and of I actually be as effective. I don't like that. I can't wear a Superman shirt out without some man going, "Oh, you're Supergirl," and I'm like, "No." Mm. <laughs> I can see that. I can see that. Very frustrating. Mm -hmm. And last question. What other interests would you like to pursue if time wasn't a constraint? Time was not a constraint. I would work to educate people on um, kids on the spectrum Mm. and the blessing that that is 
there's a misunderstanding of people. Um, and if we could just bend a little their way, you end up finding out that they're so brilliant and amazing that your life was limited before you knew them. Unfortunately, we're at a time where police are beating and arresting these people and not understanding them or their logic or their thinking. So if I had unlimited money and could quit working, I would do that full time. That's a great point. incredibly admirable. Yes, very much so. And I really wish we had been able to touch a little bit more on on uh, the fact that you are a mother of an Aspie and you have so much to teach people. I myself worked in a uh, a group home for autistic people for a couple of summers, and it's it, it was amazing. It, and those stories stick with me. And that was I don't even want to say how old I am, but that was when I was <laughs> when I was twenty one. So um, yeah, that was a long time ago. I'll just quickly say this because I a, a parent. I'm in an Asperger's group and a girl came in and said, I was just diagnosed and what I have no life now. What what do I even have to look forward to? Oh. And it was like, you know what? The gift, you have so many gifts. You just don't know they're there yet. And they're coming. Hmm. Right. And I told her parents, if you could get out of your own head and just live and accept her for who she is, instead of by the societal norms that we all think we have to live by to communicate you, your life will I mean, my life has opened up in a way that I never thought possible. His brain is so freaking amazing. And what I learn from him every day has changed how I see the entire planet. So. That's great. That is great. Well, that is our lightning round. All right. I like Jesse's shirt. Oh, like thank you. Teeth, but I like the colors on Jesse's shirt. So for those that can't see, this is the IBM... Um, diversity D the diversity shirt so it's the uh, the pan africa logo so it's the red blue green or red yellow green um so i i like to try and wear it a couple times a week if i can uh, especially now that i'm back at work because i i'm one of my big things in life i don't like to get political with people but when it comes to equality i will fight anybody um because i believe that everyone deserves an equal say in this life and to be treated equal and to just be treated like a damn human um, so working at a big company like this, that's willing to take that stand and, and voice that voice. I'm very proud to be a part of that. Um, so I like to represent it as much as I can. Nice. Nice. I'd buy that shirt if they sold them. They do. I, do they? Unfortunately, uh, they don't give us shirts at IBM. So I bought it. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. It, swag is not free. <laughs> Every now and then you can pick up a bottle from a defunct product or something so well. true true or if somebody leaves something out you know on the, the communal areas when yeah. we have those uh, but <laughs> you always have to look over your shoulder yeah totally, totally we, didn't joking. Talk, we didn't talk about keith and he's got xavier school we didn't talk about x-men either but we okay. didn't there's so <laughs> much to go on there speaking of diversity <laughs> we're 100 percent gonna do a follow-up episode because we it looks like are out of time so with that, uh, a huge thank you for being on the show. It's it's a pleasure to chat with you and miss you like crazy. You Absolutely. you truly are nice. like family. I meant to tell you before I came up, uh, Joy uh, was still awake. I just fed her uh, before we started this chat. And uh, I was like, do you want me to say something to Aunt Melissa? And she said, ah. So um, <laughs> just wanted to let you know that she said, she said, ah, for you. Ah. She needs to, you need to record some of those. Oh, I've got a few. I'll send them your way. I'll text them to you later. Okay. But yeah, uh, thank you so much for being on the show. It's It's Thanks been great. We'll definitely me. have you on the Star Wars panel when that happens, and Please we'll just do, do another follow-up episode. Okay. Got it.
You guys, awesome. thanks a lot for having me. Thanks. All right, and uh, until next time, ah. All right. ah. <laughs> This has been the Austin Otaku Podcast. To learn more about us and our show, to be a guest, or to subscribe to our show, go to www.austinotaku.com and follow us on Facebook and Twitter.